Before we get started, a quick disclosure. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing you hear is an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any investment. And with that, hello and welcome to the Range of the Capital podcast. This is a 15-minute long podcast and the clock starts now. I'm Andrew Walker, Portfolio Manager at Range of the Capital. And with me as always, my co-host and the founder of Range of the Capital, Chris Demuth. It is Thursday, March 10th, and as we promised in our last podcast, today we're going to be talking about Bill Ackman's portfolio woes and a way to buy his portfolio and invest in him at a discount. Uh, so, Chris, why don't you start? Uh, who is Bill Ackman, and why are we talking about him and his portfolio today? Bill Ackman is a famous value and activist investor. Yep. Uh, he, I think, is in part famous because he tends to have concentrated portfolios. Yep. Uh, he, you know, I started by saying he's an activist, but m- most of his positions actually are passive. Uh, but he finds himself into the middle of uh, fame and occasionally controversy uh, because of concentrated positions and being uh, opinionated about what the management should do. I, I, I 100% agree with you. The only thing I disagree is some some of his positions I wouldn't describe him as passive really ever. I think he is more suggestivist mm-hmm. than activist in some. So you think of activist and you think I'm going to go take over the board and you know push for a sale or some change. Some of his positions he might not look to take over the board, but he plays a very much suggestivist role in them where he's got a lot of plans for them. Uh, plans for them. But yeah, he's... A, I think he's very famous because he's big, he's concentrated, he's smart, he's extremely outspoken, outspoken. he's extremely media savvy, and uh, just like last year, Forbes called him Baby Buffett, uh, kind of in May, which in hindsight was kind of peak Ackman, because why are we talking about him now, Bill, uh, Chris? Well, uh, first of all, I like what you said better. Um, I associate myself with the view that if you own something, you should act like you mm-hmm. own the place. And mm-hmm. I don't see a bright line between activist and non-activist. Uh, if you have the economic interests, you should also uh, express your views. I think um, we've talked about this before. Activism tends to get a bad rep. And generally that's from terrible management teams who hate it when someone who owns a lot of their stock asks them to kind of justify their performance. But you know, if you owned 100% of a company, you you would demand response from your management team. It should be no difference if you own 10 or 1 or 0.1%. You should demand that management teams work to create value. So anyway, why are we talking about Bill Ackman? Uh, he's had a rough 2015 and yep. he's had a rough 2016. So he, as we'll talk later, he has a uh, publicly traded closed-end fund. So you can see kind of up to the minute or up weekly, you can see what his returns are. And in, uh, in 2015, he was down 20%. And he's down another 20% so far this year. So uh, it has been a rough couple, rough sledding for him. And uh, we've mentioned a couple of his big positions. Herbalife was one of his big short positions. We mentioned that a couple uh, couple days ago. That has been up 80% in the past year. Valiant has been one of his big long positions. And that has been down about 70% in the past nine months, I would say. Uh, and there's been a lot of news in his portfolio in the past week. Valiant added three directors, including one he suggested. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Herbalife and their new user number issues uh, on Tuesday. And then there was a Bloomberg article this morning that another big position of his, Mondelez, which owns Oreos and a bunch of snack brands and other things, they could be a target for Kraft Heinz, which 3G mm-hmm. and Warren Buffett kind of control. It's a publicly traded company. Uh, and they mentioned either Mondelez or General Mills is probably their next target either later this year or next year. Uh, so, yeah, where should we go with this? Uh, we've talked a couple times about 
Uh, sometimes as hedge fund as things start going against the hedge fund and Ackman's down twenty percent and then twenty percent, uh, people will bet they're on the brink and their positions will go crazy. Uh, do you think that's what's happening with Valiant going down, Herbalife going up, all that sort of thing? I have a lot of sympathy to the situation they're in, in that no aspect of value investing promises a market that by definition they thought was not correctly pricing that security, Mm -hmm. was going to correctly price it the next minute or the next day or the next week. Uh, But uh, with these very famous positions, maybe even more so with these famous short positions, it does leave you vulnerable to people taking advantage of your impact on the market and uh, he said in his last letter even that uh, what is correlated about all these positions my ownership and my involvement in it and that that might be having more of an impact than he thought yeah so you know he's he's a big fund and he takes big concentrated positions so he'll often own 5 10 20 percent of these companies and when traders look and say you're down 20 percent last year 20 percent this year you're going to have to sell something to get liquidity at some point. Mm-hmm. So they might just be betting and pushing the stocks down further and further, thinking, A, if we drive him down further and further, he's going to have to liquidate and he'll have to kind of sell and drive the price down even further. Or, yeah, so it's kind of that. Uh, and I would just also say that uh, assets are quite correlated with performance. Yes. And people are more short-term oriented than they admit. You know, the universe of people who like to claim the words value investing and long-term mm-hmm. Uh, uh, is bigger than the universe of long-term value investors. I, I think one thing we've been surprised with, with both Ackman and maybe David Einhorn, we've talked about a lot, they had really bad 2015s and really bad starts this year. And in general, when you have, you can have a bad year, but when you have one of those disastrous years where you underperform by 20%, it tends to be that is kind of firm ending or hedge fund ending. And I think it's been really impressive and it almost speaks to their investors that as far as we can tell from the outside, they haven't really had a lot of money pulled or anything. It, it doesn't cause me to uh, recalibrate my view of them as investors. I don't think it's a statistically significant uh, time frame. I don't think about equities in a frame that's that short. Uh, but uh, but it speaks well of their organizations and of their LPs that they didn't create this kind of self-catalyzing uh, doom yeah. scenario. And, and just to further, I think what you're referring to is a lot of times you'll have hedge funds and they have what's called hot money. They have mm-hmm. one really good year and money flows in and it happens with mutual funds too. And then they have one really bad year and money flows mm-hmm. out and it's kind of like, well, you know, I'm still the same person. What's changed about me? The, the most amazing phenomenon, I think, uh, and you see this dramatically when people had their very, very uh, good years and then and then and reversals when they got to their biggest mm-hmm. is if you look at the relationship between percentages investors have made and dollars they've yep. made and lost. Uh, I would say uh, Julian Robertson in the late '90s, and then about halfway between the financial crisis and today, Bruce Berkowitz exactly uh, and Bill Miller yep. uh, have had phenomenal percentage records, but middling at best dollar records because they had so much money at their very peak. So. Uh, I'll be off the, on the numbers. We haven't looked at this in a while. But I believe Bruce Berkowitz said, like, if you look, my fund over the past 10 years, if you had invested, uh, if you had invested at the start and held it till today, you would have made 12% annualized. Mm-hmm. But the average investor, like, made 2% or 0% because they would tend to put more money in when the things were going good and they take money out when things were going poorly. So they were effectively buying high and selling it low. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back to Ackman, when you look at his portfolio today, and it's a relatively concentrated portfolio, portfolio kind of eight to ten investments that really matter, what do you think about his portfolio when you look at it? 
Well, a number of these things we've looked at, we overlap with them, I think, zero or yep, almost. Yep. I, I, think, I, I think literally zero right now. Um, we've done a little bit of work on Howard Hughes Corp, HHC, as mm-hmm. a potential bargain. We haven't seen it yet, but continue to do work. Um, and uh, th- these haven't been things that at today's prices we're excited to take the other side of, frankly. So I think there are two things. He manages tons of money, tons mm-hmm. more than we manage. So he has to play in a much lo- – he has to play in the field of super large cap companies, yeah. which limits him to kind of you know maybe 200 companies on earth. We've mentioned that with Warren Buffett before. So he has to look at a more limited opportunity set. But when I look at his portfolio, I see it kind of broken into three different types of investments. Mm-hmm. There are people who like to buy people and cut costs, very similar to what 3G, 3G and Kraft Heinz do. And in that category, he has Valiant, Canadian Pacific, a big railroad, uh, Nomad Foods, which is a food company in Europe, and uh, Platform spe- platform Specialty, which rolls up, uh, I believe it's agriculture and agricultural-based uh, companies. I'd have to brush up on that a little bit. So he's got that. Then he's got companies that he thinks needs to either be bought, a la 3G, 3G buying them, or cut a ton of costs, probably some combination. And that would be Zotus, which is a, uh, I believe it's animal health care, Air Products, which, Air, and uh, Mondelez, the food company. And then he has a couple of things that I would just call huge optionality plays. And that would be Howard Hughes, which owns a bunch of undeveloped real estate that when developed they think could be worth literally billions. And then Freddie, Freddie May and Fannie Mac. Is, is that right, Freddie, Freddie May and Fannie Mac? Yep. Where they, uh, they've been kind of confiscated by the government and there's a long legal fight. And if you prevail, they could be worth 30 times what they cost right now. So when I look at them, those are what I see. And it, those are the common themes I see in his three investments. And all of them, while interesting, aren't super cheap at these prices. There's a lot of work to be done to kind of get a nice return from here. Canadian Pacific is an example of a successful owner who brought in and helped facilitate a very good management team that I have a huge amount of admiration and respect for from a distance. I just think the market properly priced that in subsequently, so it doesn't look like this great opportunity for me today. Um, the Canadian Pacific is one I've done work on in the past, and it, it's a hugely interesting one. Ackman went activist, and it, it, it's completely brilliant. He went activist in Canadian Pacific. I believe their margins were half of all their peers, and they argued, well, listen, all of our routes go through like mountains, and they're these very difficult routes, so our margins are less because they're harder, and you know we've got higher expenses. And Ackman said he did tons of work, and he said, no, that that's ridiculous. Like your margins, you're just a bad management team. Your margins could be where other peers are. So he bought it, uh, kind of call it 10x, where railroads traded, brought in a new manager, and the new manager doubled margins. So even though their multiple hasn't expanded, their earnings basically doubled because Aquin was proven right that these margins were not low for a reason. They could be raised. Uh, and it's been brilliant. But now it's had a great run, and at this point it looks fairly priced. The market's gotten it right. Congratulations for Ackman. Congratulations for the management. Nothing for me to do. Um, the, the big worry I have, and I look at this kind of across uh, the opportunity set today, is that the platform companies that – and this is my biggest fear as an mm-hmm. investor – is that there is a sample size of one. That you look since the financial crisis of the recovery, these are things that worked while the market was going up. And what happens if, as an activist or a value investor or somebody who is involved in these kind of companies, they work in a rising market in a zero-interest-rate environment? 
because it tells you so little about the future that makes me uh, have a very hard time investing in them and a very, very hard time concentrating on them. So people, people on the bear side, like, will always point like these platform companies who you know Valiant goes and buys up a bunch of drug companies, cuts costs, and realizes synergies yeah. that way. They all and they buy it with a lot of debt. They always yeah. point to conglomerates in the seventies. Like you saw how they all blew up. Mm-hmm. Platform companies are waiting to blow up. Uh, I, I I don't quite like that argument, but one thing that I do think is very relevant is. These platform companies, you're always relying on management's pro forma numbers. Mm-hmm. And each bigger and bigger acquisition they do with more and more leverage, you're relying on management to accurately estimate how much cost they can cut. Mm-hmm. So they're very management slash key man dependent in that realm. And, you know, I think the big issue is if the latest and greatest one they've done, if it goes wrong, you're kind of risking the whole farm with the amount of leverage they put on it. Very sensitive to that and very sensitive to trusting not just their judgment, but their accounting uh, and their trustworthiness. That uh, M&A is a great place to cut costs. It's also a great place to hide mischief. Yep, yep. And I think, uh, you know, Valiant, we've talked about a lot. We won't go too much in it. But two years ago or a year ago, people thought uh, Pearson, the Valiant CEO, they thought he was the greatest thing on earth. He w- he was a value investor's dream. Everyone compared him to the outsiders. I think Ackman called Valiant the next Berkshire. Mm-hmm. And uh, today you've seen there might have been some mischief going on. So if you were pressed, uh, Chris, where would – in his investments – which investment looks most attractive kind of from a distance? Well, I was going to say the Pershing. Uh, I, we're going to go there. I knew you were going to say that, but discount. we'll go there in one second. Uh, if I had to pay full price uh, at my uh, – selling only at a time and place of my choosing, I would say Howard Hughes Corp. Um, but uh, with the asterisk that I get to pick when I buy, I get to pick when I sell, one times leverage. And uh, so you can't uh, complain if it trades down tomorrow. Yeah, I, I think Howard Hughes and uh, the government's Freddie and F- – Freddie and Fannie are the most interesting because there's just so much upside if the opportunity set plays out. Howard Hughes, I think you do have pretty nice downside protection from some of their operating assets. But those are where I would really spend my Mm -hmm. time if you're looking to invest. But to be clear, we have no investment one way or another in any of these. Anyway, uh, creating... Creating Bill Ackman's portfolio at a discount. Mm-hmm. Why don't you take it? How can you create his portfolio at a discount? Sure. There are several uh, very good asset managers that have a publicly traded securities. Um, I am a huge bear on the phenomenon of investment talent. I think mm-hmm. it exists, but it is uncommon. It's uncommon in the world. It's uncommon within the people who think they have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but uh, he's one of the people that... Uh, I believe has investment talent. Uh, I believe that uh, he can outperform and may in the future. And so the idea that you can get his company, uh, there's an OTC ticker, uh, PSHZF, uh, Pershing Square Holdings, trades in London, and you can purchase it. Uh, The discount, it's not as good as it's been in the past, but it's largely converged by the underlying going down yeah. so it's so it's a, actually a fairly respectable time to uh, to buy it so i'm just looking here so it's traded in london but as you said it trades otc here and while the discount today is 10 percent, mm-hmm. and while it has been larger in the past actually if you if you kind of look at it compared to the this it doesn't get this wide too often so you're kind of investing in bill ackman's portfolio at a 10 percent discount we've mentioned before you know this is a closed end fund and we generally 
if you're looking for investment talent, closed-end funds aren't where to find it. But in, this might be kind of the exception that mm-hmm. proves the rule. So uh, it's got all the caveats with closed-end fund. You know, there are management fee- there are high management fees. There are incentives fees. It's structured like a hedge fund. But it is very interesting to be able to buy all of his portfolio at you know depressed prices, kind mm-hmm. of a, a lot lower than they were a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, buy all of his portfolio at depressed prices and then get access to that at a discount. So I think we're approaching our time limit. Anything else on that? I have nothing to add. Great. Well, I will say uh, if you like this podcast, please be sure to subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Chris, I think we promised an extra podcast if we got to 50 ratings. And I will say I forgot to say I meant on iTunes and we got to 48. But I have recently learned that we have one rating in Australia's iTunes and three ratings in UK's iTunes that don't pop up here. So I think we'll count that and we'll do an extra podcast next week. But if you haven't rated us yet, we really appreciate it. So please be sure to rate us as well. And we will talk to you three times next week. Talk to you then.